Hello and welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 96. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined as always by Andrea. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a happy Friday? Is it uh, good times? Heck yes. I have, uh, I've had a busy week, both uh, personally and professionally, so I am excited that it's Friday. A lot of big presentations and shows for me. Got a big old check mark this week, and they are all done. So feeling awesome. lighter than air and happy Friday. Well, are you celebrating with any uh, drink holidays? I am. I am. Our very first one uh, from February 22nd. It was National Margarita Day. And call me Kyle Richards because I can't resist a good margarita <laughs> ever. <laughs> Whatever you say, so, Kyle. <laughs> Catch on quick. Um, <laughs> so I am celebrating with a raspberry margarita in a beautiful oh. glass that oh, some that is kind a person wow. may have given me. <laughs> so yes, uh, cheers to that. Yeah. All right. That's fancy, fancy glass. Fancy glass for a fancy drink. It's very good. P.S. Chris made it. Excellent nice. job. Uh, he was a he was a good bartender, which is fitting because yesterday, February twenty fourth, it was na- or it was World Bartender Day, not national, but all over the world. So uh-huh. uh, celebrate, tip your bartender. I've been a bartender, so it's a tough but fun job. And then uh, tomorrow, February twenty sixth, it is Skip the Straw Day. So don't just mm. skip your drink through a straw. Get in there, skip it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm All sure right. that's not what it means, but it's what I like to think it means. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes a straw seems pretty unnecessary, you know? I agree. I feel like, you know, if you're someplace nice, I understand that provide a straw for someone that's wearing lipstick and you the don't want to. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, and I know people mm-hmm. like on podcasts and stuff, I think they often will do, they might have a straw or, you know, if you're on, on something, you're going to have a drink. Um, right. Because when you get to get to the bottom and you're like, you know, <laughs> tipping it back. But that was you know. that was like me, um, boy, a couple of weeks ago when we were approaching the Super Bowl and Chris made me that beautiful drink and he like dyed the, uh, oh, the yeah. orange garnish. And I was like trying not to touch my nose as I was tipping it back. Probably could have mm-hmm. used a straw there, but I did <laughs> it. I made it. You can't you get it. in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got in there. <laughs> I am. I'm also celebrating uh, National Margarita Day. Um, Oh, hey, hey, twinsy. But I'm rejecting the straw element. (laughs) I made I made mine a uh, blended one and it is Mm -hmm. too thick. So I see we're using a straw. It is melt getting more melty now. There you go. uh, But yeah, I do not have the fancy glass. So just (laughs) what kind do you got, though? Um, it's, it's, it was just going to be a regular margarita. And then mm-hmm. I saw some, we have some frozen fruit in the fridge. It's kind of a mixed fruit. So I threw some of that in there too. Heck Otherwise yeah, it's just not? like agave nectar and tequila mm-hmm. and lime. So delicious classic. Yeah, yeah. Over the, uh, over the summer, I got very obsessed with, um, watermelon margaritas. We made a mm. lot of those. And like spicy sometimes, sometimes, you know, oh, just, okay. just regular, but yeah, 
that was that was definitely my jam over the summer. That was delicious. Use a little use a little like Mexican candy. Mm-hmm. That's just called the rim. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. And a little spice, like it's called tagine, I think. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Sounds that was good. Absolutely delicious. Yeah. I think we uh we had like spicy margaritas. I think it was spicy watermelon, if I remember correctly, uh, when we took our anniversary trip out to uh, Red Wing, Minnesota, and went out okay. to dinner, and I had some of those, and it just kind of like kicked off kicked off the summer for me. So that was my inspiration. It seems a little more trendy right now that mm-hmm. more places are making uh, cocktails with a little little bit of heat in them. Yeah, I like that. I've always enjoyed that. Like, I've always been the person, you know, who's been like, oh, let me just like plop a couple slices of jalapeno in my margarita, you know? Okay. Like, I think sure. I I enjoy it. Poor Chris, like, you know, has unfortunately heartburn to worry about, but mm. I do not thus far. So I am willing to tempt fate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, we have um, just a couple news stories today we'll get to after we talk about our weeks a little bit, yeah. see what we've been into, what's been good. And then um, for those of you who've been following along, we're going to be continuing with our discussion on Raised by Wolves Season 2, Episodes now 3 and 4. So mm-hmm. that'll be spoilerific and later. Um, so before we get there, um, other than drinking delicious cocktails, checking off some great boxes for work, (laughs) getting, you know, some relief there. What else has been going on? Well, uh, I said I checked off a box personally as well. So I, last Saturday, um, went out into the cities and did a show. It was great to get back on the stage and do some theater again. Um, And it went very well. I was very excited by it. I was definitely... It definitely been so long that I was like, I feel like I don't even know how to memorize lines anymore. You know, like they're just the moment I step up there, they're all going to fly right out of my head. They did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went. That's good. Really great. I actually have some video proof I will share. Um, oh, yeah. Not not right now because <laughs> it would be <laughs> nice and fuzzy. But yeah, I'll share sometime. So, yeah, cool. it was really fun. You, uh, um, you de- should have. That was like- definitely. Oh, what? You should have posted from our Twitter channel, like yeah. the Popcast <gasps> review, and and, yes. and Andrea's performance really shone oh, through. You know, my I just God. Like, <laughs> if there was one superstar on that stage, we'd have yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do. I'll yeah. do an ex post facto. You know, yeah. little review there, just yep. uh, and post a little snippet. I'll pick out the best part of me. <laughs> there you go. So. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, so yeah, that went really well. It was really fun, like I said, to be back up on the stage. So we'll see if I uh, go out and find some other opportunities to do so yeah. again. Um, but other than that, so I started. So Netflix finally put up that all the Marvel shows were leaving, and they suddenly put up like last day to watch on Netflix, February twenty eighth, yeah. and I was like, "Wow, give us less notice." Thanks. Like I knew they were leaving, <laughs> but for some reason, when I when it first broke that they were like leaving next month, I just sort of expected it to be the end of March, rather than oh, like okay. you know what I mean, like March first. So yeah, so I started absolutely just like in a tear, being like, forget Luke Cage, forget Order, whatever. Season three Daredevil, like I have to watch it because it's the best. 
So started panic watching that and trying to just like, you know, get through as much as I could. And then I saw a story break yesterday um, that all of these shows are indeed, it's confirmed, moving to Disney+. Plus. Um, they've got March 16th as a date, I think, for Disney Plus Canada and one other place. Like, they've confirmed. They haven't confirmed that that's also um, when those are coming to Disney Plus in the U.S., but seems kind of likely that I don't know why they would really hold that out. But anyway, March 16th is is supposedly the day that those are coming to Disney Plus. So. Hmm. Yeah, you seem skeptical. Well, not for the states. I don't know. It, I that's know. interesting because there are things like Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. I think, is on Netflix in Europe versus you have to have sure. Paramount Plus or whatever here. So sure. different countries do get different deals. And I I mean, I hope it, they just put it on the service. To me, that's a good sign for moving forward. Right. But, um, yeah. I yeah, mean, because like, it's the idea that they'd like to put it on Hulu because more mature, but they don't have maybe Hulu in a different country or the same, the same rights to something or another. Sure. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, with, with it being kind of like early breaking, I'm guessing mm-hmm. there, there wasn't a lot of detail to offer about, you know, what they might be thinking with regards to the U S. Um, but just, just kind of like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge behind the scenes. Like this is definitely coming to their platform soon. Just maybe not okay. like exactly March 16th. So, so how far did you get in Daredevil then? Uh, I got like halfway mm. through and then, okay. and then I read that and was like, okay, I don't have to panic watch Daredevil anymore, which I, I, did want to because I was so into the season, but I was also like when I started season three, I'd clearly missed stuff. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I clearly missed Because you context. didn't watch Daredevil? Or because you didn't watch Defenders, rather? Exactly. Exactly. I'd clearly yeah. missed context for things that were happening. Um, not not that okay. it like really you know, it obviously didn't like affect my ability to like yeah get over it and get on with the story but i just don't like that feeling of of missing something i'm okay. i'm a very like i would like to watch my things linearly so what no what no what which is shocking uh since you and i disagree so so intensely about like the right way to watch star wars and i don't agree that it's lin- i agree that it's linearly but it's like a different way to think about it yeah, it's literally in like a release, not in like in world time. Well, between you and Dustin, it had kind of like it softened me up a little bit. So, <gasps> you know, I'm a little less winning. Less over. come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, at this point now, I'm just switched to all you need to do is watch like, you, you know, uh, one through six actually and, watch and Rogue One. <laughs> Just watch those and then be done. That's that's my passionate point. Like, just forget all yeah. the rest. So, mm-hmm. Well, those are the um, ones so I'm going to, th- like, sit down and make Everett watch for sure. And then she can make her own choices about yeah. the rest of them. She'd be like, what happens next? Oh, you Nothing. don't worry about that. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
The galaxy is saved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> while we're on Star Wars. Um, <laughs> ah, look what I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like talking to Ashley slash like talking at Ashley the other day and um, about it and just thinking like my original thought was, okay, it makes sense that they're going to get rid of all the books and stuff as canon. They're kind of clear the slate. So they had the chance to, you know, they're not so beholden to what was before. And then it didn't get potentially messy because there's so much written. There's so mm -hmm. much of the expanding universe that it's like, you know, how are we going to play in this? If we're going to keep that considered canon, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, you know, and, and then the other factor was that, well, then people will just be able to look up and know what happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't know why it didn't strike me before. Very obviously, that's any time you potentially adapt a book yeah. or something. I mean, I you can look up. That. Yeah. That's anything. <laughs> so I was sitting here giving them the, the benefit. You know, it's like, oh, I understand because you wouldn't want spoilers. Everybody would just like look up what's going to happen. And now I'm like, what was I thinking? No, that's <laughs> how it is. That's like just because most people are going to consume mm -hmm. one or the other, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, of course some people will consume both, but we, I did that with Harry Potter, I read through right. Harry Potter books and then watched the movies too. So, right. Um, even though I knew what was going to happen. Right. I was going to say, it wasn't like, um, Oh no, spoilers. Like I know right. how it ends. <laughs> so I don't know why it's, so that was my, that was my fan brain just trying to be understanding. Yep. You're trying well, to be generous. Yeah, totally. Now they've destroyed all of that, so I can see clearly. <laughs> I can see clearly now that the the veil of the you know the the dark side has made themselves known. <laughs> um, I can so. Yeah. yeah. So no forgiveness now. So, that point. No I like slack. it. I like it. All right. Sorry. I, I, I hijacked your week. What, what else? No, it's okay. It's okay. I started it. I started it by bringing up <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> I, br I brought up the SW words. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, other than going now back to Luke Cage and, and forging ahead um, with that to see if I can kind of get that at least in before it leaves Netflix. Um, I also watched a couple more episodes of Peacemaker. I am now just before the finale so i've not seen okay. that yet so i'm i'm excited too. it it really it it really took a slow burn to get this series going but i think the second half of it has really addressed a lot of problems i know i've said this before but it's addressed a lot of problems that we had with the first few so i think cool. i think you may not love it but you would at least be like okay this this definitely got better I may tolerate slash slightly like it. Do okay. you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So that's that's where I where I think it would be at for you. I don't I don't think you'd have like a whole rant to go on okay. <laughs> like you did for the first few. <laughs> yeah, there's so. not too many too many shows that like I'm that interested in that yeah. then I turn around and, and rant about it. Cause usually it's like if there's if I'm gonna rant about it, usually it's like I'm kind of expecting to not. Right. I'm not really, you know, whatever, you know, but I think that made Going it worse. That I was low, so yeah. excited for it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was too. And I, like I said, I think it, it stumbled in the beginning. It, it took a while to, to formulate relationships between the main characters um, and to get some jokes going that weren't just like 
you know, body or toilet humor or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, but it, it's, it's really like managed to get past that point now. So nice, pretty good stuff. I'm excited for the finale. Um, of course, watched Raised by Wolves, which we're going to talk about later. Um, and then I started a new book uh, by one of my newer favorite authors. Um, it's called Malibu Rising. It's by Taylor Jenkins. And um, she wrote, um, oh my gosh, what was the one I was just thinking? Oh, Daisy Jones and the Six, which is um, loosely based on the true story of the band Fleetwood Mac. And if you haven't yeah. ever read it, Highly recommend it. It's such a good book. Hoping that Malibu Rising is going to be at least in the neighborhood okay. of as good. So, um, yeah. And then tomorrow, I am looking forward to Pokemon Go Tour Johto Region. So it's like a big all day event. Um, you get like a special okay. ticket. You choose your team, and you get to pick kind of which set of Pokemon that you want to encounter in the wild, which can be shiny. They've got like. 10 new shiny Pokemon. Um, I like all things shiny, apparently. So this is a big deal. I'm super excited about all the shiny Pokemon that we can get. And uh, yeah, okay. it's just going to be fun. We're just planning on like tooling around, driving around to different parks, walking around since it'll be decently warm tomorrow. So should be a fun day. Yeah, it's supposed to be nicer. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I have to say I'm jealous of your ability to read so many books because <laughs> my stack of books is not getting any smaller <laughs> um, that, is one, that is one thing i can do i can't i can't play games like video games simultaneously but i can watch movies or tv shows and read books very like simultaneously to one another okay okay yeah well see that's what i was in the place where i was reading a couple different books it's reading like three different books at once, mm-hmm. but they're all quite different. So I wasn't like going to get them confused. Um, so I just got to do that again. I just keep switching between these things. Like for a while, I just was all, I guess I was reading manga, but I don't really count. I don't count that really. So As that's what I kind of done. It's like, yeah. stop. Yeah. I had stopped um, with, uh, with video games for a while. And it was just mostly reading manga and watching some anime and, now I've got sure. a game to play again, so I just, I don't know, got to make time. But um, Pokemon, so I just, the DICE Awards just happened, which is a, you know, video game awards um, thing, and Pokemon Unite, I believe, won mm, best mobile sure. game. So, nice. Yeah. Um, and Phil Dominus Maximus Aurelius Spencer got a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> so shocker <laughs> yeah it i i've just, i had to say if if anyone is watching and happens to hear me say that because i say it plenty of times i did not come up with that that is not my thing <laughs> that is from iron lord's podcast it's not, it's not original john <laughs> no i just i just use it because i he's so funny and that's a great it's, i i appreciate the whole thing they do there so for sure um yeah um so let's see yeah pokemon i haven't been in that for a long time i did get in a little more horizon um still still enjoying that still good there was an update that was supposed to patch a few bugs um the first volume of the soundtrack came out today on streaming services so just been pretty engrossed in in the horizon world 
Um, I would expect nothing less. I mean, this was obviously a long and hotly anticipated game for you. So I would be, I would yeah. be shocked if you were like doing other things. That would tell well, me a lot about what about how the game was going. Okay, I mean that's fair, <laughs> but I have, I do, I will have to say that I've also been working a lot, and I use the phrase "working" because I love it, but it is work I'm doing for D and D because it's sure. been a couple weeks that I've been off and trying to write for it. Mm-hmm. And I was going through and I keep adding this this detail and stuff. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to be walking over stepping on my own toes here because I don't have a proper timeline. Like I have mm. all this like time different things, events that occur sure. and I say a, like this happened about 100 years ago and this person's about this age and all this stuff or whatever. But I'm like, it's I'm not being able to match it up anymore. So I started a new category and my uh, one note thing. It's a brief history. Mm -hmm. It's not so brief anymore, (laughs) but I have have now dates. I have my own. So I have a timeline. So it's um, have you created um, your own calendar system or are you borrowing? Yeah, no, I've created my own um, like not in terms of, you know, I'm not changing the hours of the day or something like that. Right. But, yeah. I just mean like years or like, yeah. Yeah. So I have, um, is this? So I'm zooming in here. I have, uh, like YBT is the, so 1700 YBT. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is YBT? Yeah. So if you are in my campaign, don't, uh, don't listen to this part, I guess it's not too big of a deal, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, um year before Talister. Okay. So like twelve fifty years before Talister. So okay. the person a con a conqueror, sort of or whatever, mm-hmm. just set, you know, is what the calendar we're going off of. So Lord Talister the first. And so year one then is when he arrives, you know, sure. basically. And so sure. then now we're presently in year um so it's pretty pretty young year 946 ALT so after lord mm. talister alt so. i like it yeah alt exactly yeah it's the <laughs> alt timeline <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah i go all the way from 3000 years before talister to okay. uh up to 946 after and Very cool. so i'm i'm feeling more like as much as i'm not actually been making progress for my group like mm-hmm. writing more stuff for him, I'm feeling more relieved because I can it's just my thoughts are being organized. And like just mm-hmm. for myself, even I'm pinning down all the specifics of the of the, right. the events. And just so it, it yeah, it feels good. Well, me. yeah, it's like concrete world building. It's not just like keeping it all straight in your brain. It feels it feels more solid and it feels more accessible, I think, to like get it all out and organized. And then it it like frees you up to create when you feel like okay well this is still like the parameters of my world what can i do in here Mm -hmm. like besides you know what can i do oh shit is this going to conflict i have no reference guide let me spend you know 10 minutes remembering so yep yeah and it's let me add more detail because i'm like Mm -hmm. well i see these events and these events so right what happened there right what can um, i add to that yeah and I've already had to retcon a few things that I've written before 
And so it's mm. great that it's happening now before I hold players and then I right. like, you know. Oh shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's been great. And that's been that's been my part-time Fun. job um recently. So writing yeah. is a labor of love for sure. Emphasis yeah. on labor. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Uh yeah, Raised by Wolves, latest episode put into English of my dress up darling. Still mm-hmm. very fun, uh, recommended show. And um, yeah, that's about what it's been. It's been, good, it's been a good week. Um, you're playing Pokemon. Yes. I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, lots of other people are, are playing Elden Ring. So yes, it's we have finally here. <laughs> right, because every, every awards thing, Oof. every preview event every whatever elden ring elden ring elden ring elden ring Mm -hmm. yes and now that it's here i i feel like it's fairly divisive game um at least if you pay attention to being what's or to what's being said on twitter because half the people out there are like this is so excellent like um, I love, I love the gameplay, like all of these things have been improved. And then like half of the people out there are like, I can't with this. It's so buggy. Everything's slowing down. Um, uh, people are even divided on like, okay, this is a very, and apologies if this is a spoiler alert. This is a very like dark souls esque game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. But like. Half the people are like, oh, that's so great. And the other half of people are like, oh, I don't like Dark Souls. I'm like, okay, it seems like everybody knew about this. So why yes. are you buying slash You just have them? to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, mm-hmm. half the people seem like it's like a big surprise. And I'm like, mm, but then why are you complaining that it's like Dark Souls? If you knew it was going to yeah. be like Dark Souls. Well, I think there'll be a lot That's of people that just it. everybody has to go online and they all have to say whether something they think is good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, of, of, you know, of course, whatever, whether they've played it or not. And it's like, well, you can admit that it maybe it's good and it's just not your kind of game. I think that's right. what most normal people will do. But um, I can see with the because it's as as we speak, it's sitting at 97 on Metacritic. Whew. So. Yes. Um, 49 positive reviews, zero mixed, zero negative. Hmm. So. Um, wow. So apparently yes. anybody on Twitter is not taking the time to like write a review. Because <laughs> um, those two well, things so, do not match up. <laughs> yes. Um, well, it is interesting, though, because I think you're going to see this kind of coverage. A lot of people that aren't super into it they haven't been following oh my god elden ring elden ring's coming they're just gonna see right. that hey this game is reviewing very well a lot of people that i watch are streaming it you know whatever right. kind of some some exposure to it i think it looks really cool and have no idea what a souls born game is right. buy it and not play more than 40 minutes of it because they're like this sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, saw- it's a niche thing i was reading something that was like Oh, I really, I hate this game because every time you die and you have to respawn, you have to redo things over again. And I was just like, I'm sorry. Have you never played video games before? 
That's <laughs> that's like how every game works. I mean, I get that like well, you know, I mean, it it's more it's to a more or less extent sometimes, you know, and you, and when you get to a save point like save your damn game so you don't have to play the last 40 minutes over mm-hmm. again. But I don't know, it was just such like a generic like, oh, I hate redoing things. I was like, okay, you shouldn't be in video games then. <laughs> like this is well, this is clearly not your jam. A lot of um, you know, a lot of games, more modern games have gotten really good at the autosave. And so yeah. they 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 want they might have difficult mechanics, but the difficulty isn't in making you making you want to hurt yourself because you have to redo something all the time. I mean, it's like it's part of the reason I I love Hollow Knight because it's so gorgeous. The music is absolutely beautiful. Gameplay is very tight, but I don't feel like exploring because mm-hmm. you know, that's what you ha- that's what you have to do. You have to find your way around a map, open up, sure. find all the secrets. I don't feel like doing that because the threat of dying and when you do die and the the loss of losing everything and then being sent way back to a save point to go there is not a stress that I'm that is enjoyable for me. Whereas other games, like an example would be that's also very very difficult game like Celeste, that game, basically every room or whatever is a new screen. You go on the screen and as soon as you enter, it saves. So you just have to like get through this room and then it saves to the next one. And so you're not losing equipment. You're not losing lives. You just get to keep trying it again. And there's games that inspire creativity like Portal. Like they want mm-hmm. you to play with the physics of it. They want you to mm-hmm. see if you can launch yourself. This way. So there's no punishment for death right. because otherwise you don't feel compelled to try and to explore mm-hmm. and to experiment. And so a lot of newer games are that way. And mm-hmm. so if a person that's used, that's a modern audience that's used to that goes and plays something that has some of the, the trappings of an older game mm-hmm. where, yeah, like you say, maybe you didn't save just because you forgot and there was no auto mm-hmm. thing or whatever. It's like, well, right now I'm way back wherever. Um, or a game like this that purposely punishes you. It might be have yeah. an auto save thing that's very easy, but you die. You need to go collect your stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you die again before you collect it, it's all gone. You know? Right. So. Yeah. And I, I can, I can definitely see your point. Like I, I would be frustrated if I had played, you know, 40 minutes an hour plus maybe even and then died and was like I lost all of that that would be frustrating for sure especially to have to have to keep doing that over and over but I mean a lot of responses that I saw to that were like oh Elden Ring actually like updated so that you have like you know twice the save points and like it's a lot Mm. less like going back or whatever so I just felt like I don't know. I felt like that was just going maybe a little far or maybe just like this clearly wasn't your type of game then because it just yeah. felt like such a generic like I don't like going and doing things over and I'm like I mean for Elden Ring, you know, you can't you can't go into a building that has rooms. Like you don't you don't get to like yeah. play the entire game in like different rooms of a house and like you get to auto save at every yeah. room. Like you you have to at least know some of that going in, you know. Yep. So I don't know. I just reading things like that was just sort of like, I mean, I get that you can have complaints with the game, but this just feels less legitimate of a complaint than other people. Yep. Yep. 
I definitely think, I don't know if there is for this one, there might be. I definitely think more games should get back to doing some sort of demo uh, mm-hmm. experience for mm-hmm. people so they can see if it's if it's right for them or not. Um, I would agree with that. And then I think what this showcases right now, like the 97 Metacritic score, is that the review system is still really weird. You know, because mm-hmm. it's not, video games are definitely different than every other form of media. You know, you don't buy a book and then it gets like next week patched, mm-hmm. you know. Now they might have another printing, they found a mistake and they fix it, you know. A movies, you don't get like another you know? epilogue in there. <laughs> yeah. Movies, you know, if the, usually if the, they left the thing in on in the shot, it's in the shot. That's what it is, you know. And so hashtag Starbucks cup, Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do think that it's odd that there are so many positive because I know what it probably is, is everybody is like they bought into the hype. The game is, mm-hmm. is beautiful. Um, it's what what people that were that know what this game is were looking for. Right. But it's got bugs, which isn't unique for a new game. Mm-hmm. But the question should be, does a game then, can you give it a hundred when, when you review it, it's buggy, mm-hmm. assuming they'll fix it. Right. Right. Yeah. I saw, I did see a lot of debate about that, um, especially with regard to the release of Horizon Forbidden West. Um, you know, there was, there was definitely some chatter around the fact that like Elden Ring seemed to be getting a pass on complaints around bugs because people like didn't want to they they just sort of like assumed that it was going to happen it was fine like they're forgiven like we're getting a patch you know it'll all work itself out whereas there was some discussion around like Horizon Forbidden West being released and and it needing you know some some bugs fixed as well so yeah so there was definitely like more than a few comments about like Hey, let's just be honest. Like, you could still love the game and it's fine, but don't like trash Horizon Forbidden West for that and then not say the same about Elden Ring. Yeah. Which I don't well, think especially... is a reflection. I don't think it's a reflection on Horizon Forbidden West itself. I'm just saying, like, there was just obviously it's the most recent yeah. big thing to come out. So it's an easy comparison to make. Yeah, no. And especially because the bugs that seem to be affecting Elden Ring are. I mean, in a game that's requiring very precise movement for combat, right? The mm-hmm. bugs are affecting that, you right. know, major rubber banding and some of that. So, whereas mm-hmm. in Horizon, most of the things that we were talking about for bugs were, well, there's some pop in of things, you know, draw distance that come in later, or, you know, mm-hmm. there is one weird thing where Halo is floating or whatever, but it's not destroying your like game, you know, it, yeah. And in Horizon, if you die, it's not a big deal. It's just not. Yeah. It's one of those modern games. It's not a big deal. You're not punished. So, like, if something happens like that, or you need to reload or whatever, it's just usually in most situations not a big deal. So, right. Um, yeah, I think part of you know, and why is that? I think why is Elden Ring getting a pass? You know, maybe it's the the insane hype around it. I think maybe because anticipation for sure. FromSoft is kind of like a golden child, you know, it's mm-hmm. very revered by the media. And so it's it's also multi-platform. 
Whereas it's easier for certain people to pick on one thing or another. I mean, it's very quick. As soon as there's an exclusive on one system or another, everybody on the other side jumps on anything they possibly can to try right. to take that one down a peg. And so Horizon is in that situation where it's a PlayStation exclusive. And so anyone on the other side, you know, quote unquote, is going to come and try to, to knock it down a bit. Sure. And it, it happens both ways. And I don't, I don't doubt that critics can be susceptible to that a little bit too, you know? So. Interesting know. to see. Yeah. Interesting to see yeah. the, uh, the kind of politics, if you will, around Elden Ring's release. Yeah. And its reception. Yeah. It's very interesting. I mean, one guy I listened to said, this is a generation defying game, defining game. Oof. This, this game is going to change the way that developers it's kind of like when witcher 3 came out it mm -hmm. revolutionized the open world game and kind sure. of set a new standard that took a while for anyone to touch then breath of the wild came out and that kind of added on and changed that again mm -hmm. seems like according to this person this is now the next thing where people are going to be pushing for an open world game and they're going to be using it and he's failing to me to describe how it really does that so we'll sure. see if others that's a, agree. Yeah, that's a bold statement to make without mm -hmm. anything like concrete to point to. I mean, I, saying, I guess I, I, I didn't yeah. listen, so I don't know. But I mean, yeah. like I said, it's, it's pretty ballsy. Yep. But I, I, if a game can live up to the insane hype that Elden Ring had, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because this game had a lot of chance to be like, oh, well, that's good, but meets what we think or or oh, that's a kind of a disappointment. Um, mm -hmm. And for it to seemingly be exceeding that, that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's something. Yeah, I'd be interested to keep an eye on reviews and see if and how much that could change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For such, that, for such like a strong, like seemingly flawless and perfect opening. You know what I mean? Like, just, yeah, that's insane and to me. This stuff does affect things because like um, Days Gone is it's a famous story now that days gone launched and all the re reviews copies and stuff were given to people before day one patch so people were reviewing these games very buggy that sony knew it they didn't give them the extra time they didn't send out the patch early enough and so the metacritic score reflected the mm. a buggy game and then yeah. that doesn't really change meaningfully so mm -hmm. the next week or then the next month or whatever, when it's all fixed, then now you have a completely different game. That's why like, I think we really are going to be good in the sense, because critics aren't going to change. The way mm -hmm. reviews, everybody's going to try to pound through the game right when it comes out as quick as possible so they can get right. the review out and people can right. click on theirs first. first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to change. The thing that will change is when everything gets put into a streaming service or a subscription service day one, because then you can just try it and no extra expense. You don't need to worry about demo. You just download it, try it. You don't like it. You uninstall it. And if you right. hear that they patched it a whole bunch, you can try it again a few months later. No right. Again, no punishment. To you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's definitely going to be, I think, ultimately good because 
also it's not going to change the game. Game companies aren't going to be like, oh, well, you know, our game came out a little buggy. The next one, we'll make sure we don't even need that day one patch. It's going to be flawless before we launch it. <laughs> that's not happening either. So. Oh, God. No, never. <laughs> that's, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, are you going to challenge yourself with Elden Ring? Um, Eventually. I, I am definitely not uh, a person who is like, oh, my God, out of my way, everybody. Day one. Elden Ring is mine. <laughs> um, I have I have other games that I'm I'm interested in playing before getting there, but I think I will eventually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, I have this whole game oh. called Borderlands that I have to knife through. So. <laughs> there it is. There's that face I know and love. <laughs> Just the reaction uh, I was going for. Hey, if you if you finish that one too, I'll, I'll be happy for you. It's all right. It's all right. So, okay. Well, there's no video game tie-in to um, what we're talking about next, as far as I know. Nope. So, Raised by Wolves, Woo. season two, episodes three and four. Wait. So, taking two episodes at a time. Oh, there was a yes. video game in these episodes. Oh, that's true. That's there true. And Mother, it per the stereotype, was not happy about it. No, she was not having it. She destroyed that <laughs> system. Go wow. do your work. Yes. I mean, such, you it had was to such, destroy it? I mean, I didn't focus on that so much as I focused on the very stereotypical, like, mother-child, like, mm -hmm. don't, don't play video games. Go do your work. I hate you. Mm -hmm. You're the worst. Oh God. It, so, it was so great. It was so just like natural and I loved it. Yep. All right. Well, spoilers ahead for yes. uh, Raised by Wolves season two, episodes three and four and, and one and two and all Raised by Wolves up until this point. <laughs> um, yeah. So like about the video game thing yet, yeah. it is interesting yeah. because we get continue, uh, continue to see how differently mother and father handle things now versus before and how mm -hmm. they've changed because mother responds in kind with emotion. Yes. As opposed to something like calm, logical, and calculated. It's more like Very robotic. Go do yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, she's uh, she's clearly been, you know, corrupted by or infested by, you know, whatever terminology you want to use um, by emotion. Um, mm -hmm. I know she and father were kind of talking about that earlier in the season, but it's really on display here. It's just it's like I was saying, it was so it's such a stereotypical scene between a mother and a child that for a second, you just like completely forget that, you know, she's not human. It, it was just yeah. so perfectly um, emotional and responsive and it was just like so natural for her. Um, yep. and I, it really plays into, um, what I think Sue said, I can't remember if it was episode three or four where she was like, your, your caregiving program, uh, sometimes like overrides everything else to a scary degree. And mm. I was like, yep, yep. I think, uh, I think we're getting a lot of that on display here, you know? Well, so. and that's the, I mean, I guess the argument, because you say infected by emotion, but at the same time, yeah, the emotion then, that, I mean, that's the big dilemma that we get in episode four. Um, 
Well, we can get there when we get there, I guess. <laughs> but uh, we're going to jump all the way right yeah. into the craziness, I suppose. <laughs> but a good pair of um, episodes, well, I think, that, yeah. that indicates that we like really want to talk about like just everything that's going on. Because it, it was a packed bunch, um, even though not like a ton happened, you know? But it was it, it was enough that it just everything felt like everything was moving forward in a meaningful way, even if like mm -hmm. very large events weren't happening throughout both episodes. They're focusing on characters in the right way, I think. Mm -hmm. And so not yeah, not a lot has to happen for it to be um, entertaining. Um, yeah. And I've I think that you know, Raised by Wolves right now is in a really good place. I, I, mm -hmm. I'm really excited where, where it's going. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been really, uh, really enjoy. I, you noticed by my notes, I barely took anything. I know. Because I just was just in it, you know? And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, even my, like, you know, my ramblings and my, my stream of consciousness was, like, greatly shortened. Like, normally like this, I can go for, like, at least half to three quarters of a page and I've just got, like, little little paragraphs because I was super into everything. Mm hmm So, um, okay. So uh, looking over your, some of your comments. So we get in episode three, we have the idea that, um, uh, we talk about the video game. Mother is going to try to control her mm -hmm. serpent child potentially. Yes. Um, which simultaneously while, while everybody else is hunting it. Yeah. So what do you um what do you think of this like trying to brain control it? Firstly, I feel like the snake serpent is not going to take too kindly to you cutting open its brain its uh, brain cavity there. Yeah. And then implanting some chip, now you get to control it. That seems unwise. Yeah. I mean I, I thought that this was just kind of a very illogical approach to this problem. I, I get that it was mother trying to rationalize, you know, we shouldn't kill it. Um, especially after, of course, big shocker, big revelation. Um, we learned that it doesn't eat meat, mm -hmm. at least seemingly. Obviously, you know, we can never take anything always at face value. And you kind of got to like, you know hold some disbelief sometimes because, you know, you can be proven wrong. Uh, but once we learn that, you know, potentially this, this giant snake creature is, you know, an herbivore, um, that's even more reason for mother to be like, okay, well, this is my child. I can, I can start to let myself feel emotion towards it again, but how am I going to get everyone else to yeah. leave it alone long enough? But, yeah, the the way that she tries to like solve that problem is just highly illogical, I think. Yep. Because of course, um this show is so much about freedom of thought, you know, and the different way freedom and freedom and control of thought in different ways, um, you know, with the collective, it's more abstract, of course with Marcus and like the religion of soul, it's also like an abstract sense of control um and abstract sense of freedom because there's no like actual barriers so this is just kind of an interesting way to explore those notions how you can be 
controlled in your mind by by a theory or an idea and then this sort of takes it to like a how would that actually go if we placed a chip in your brain and controlled you okay so well firstly my mistake i jumped ahead i was for whatever reason i was thinking this was in episode three but but um that was uh yeah that's an interesting the way to look at it for because like you say there's a lot of themes of, of of free will and stuff like that but yeah so your argument is like you're you don't have to be con- literally controlled to be controlled yeah kind of okay yeah yeah i mean i think i think we've seen that in this show like you don't have to be literally mind controlled to be controlled by a like a framework of thought or a framework of expectation that that guides you to think one way or another about something Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting Um, to like for the show to then kind of now explore like the literal mind chipping yeah to but to a different being that that doesn't quite communicate the way that we expect um, isn't like you know a literal machine that we know of. Um, obviously, still I'm still a little bit confused on what exactly the like genetic and biologic makeup of this snake creature is, since it came from mother who is a machine herself. Still, still not like super clear on that. But for the moment, doesn't seem to be just like pure android. Yeah. I don't know if they explain ever um if you know we're dealing with a lot of like nanotech or something that makes this well, possible it, or Yeah, they called it like biotech at one point, but like that's still pretty ambiguous. To yeah. Me. Like it doesn't give me like okay, does it like have a little bit of I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't even know how to even describe what it would be. Yeah. Since since it's hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around like something being birthed biologically from a machine. Yeah. I mean, well, and the question is, how was she actually impregnated? Because yeah. obviously it's it seems like it's was in a simulation. Right. But she was plugged in. Right. So, so, if so what exactly? Yeah, yeah, so I mean maybe if she's designed to have, you know, basically a uterus that then mm-hmm. can an organic life form can live in, you know, so then she's able to birth essentially a completely organic thing cuz it was feeding, it wanted to feed on it needed right. blood. So right. it needed organic material even mm-hmm. though her body had the space to contain it and like I guess the right. proper warmth and whatever, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you think then if she was built that way, that she would carry the atheist children that way. Well, but she didn't know, right. It was definitely you know designed I mean? as like a secret thing. She yeah, didn't know it. I guess, I guess, no one yeah. knew it. That's it was, true. That's true. So what's the design of, of this original campion? What's, right. what's, yeah, his, what's the point? What's his aim? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, is it a hope for a, uh, you know, because other things have done the hope for humanity and relations between android and human based on a hybrid. That's going right. to be the unifying thing. But we're right. not really arguing against um, 
organic versus or inorganic, we're arguing against atheistic or religious. Right. You know, that's the that's the conundrum that we're dealing with to get along, you know. Right. Although, so. I mean, they do kind of bring that element in with Marcus's recurring like android put down, you right. know, his whole like focus on humans are better. They're just machines, yep. you know, don't get attached. Which obviously we can we can definitely explore in episode four. That's that's yeah. so prominent. But yeah, this it doesn't seem like the show is as focused around that. But there's still clearly some element of how do we how do we blend these? Yeah, yeah. And it's well, interesting that they do so. Sorry, I was just gonna say it's interesting no that bad. they do so in this like snake creature. You know, nor normally like in in a lot of other shows we get this like blending in a human form but like yeah this is, to this is totally just like you know you can, you can hardly even relate to it it's still definitely the biggest mystery of the show yeah it's the de it's certainly the wtf thing um <laughs> that, yeah it's, like like again, i said it's the really... thing that made chris go like i can't right now we jumped the shark and i can't get back we, ju we jumped the snake creature and i can't get back yeah, but I, I still think they would have benefited from, I, I'm sure it was, you know, it's designed to be a shocking, wow, revelation kind of crazy thing. But the way that this season started and, and kind of reeled it back in, in terms of mm. like, obviously the creatures involved, but we're in most ways more preoccupied with other things. Yes. Um, I think really, that was smart. you know, because the show didn't just become like magic. You know, yeah. it didn't all of a sudden it seemed like for a while it was going to go down a completely different path. Like, oh, my God, what is ha what is going to happen here with this? Yes. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's just I'm another so element. Yeah, no, I'm so glad they reeled it back. I mean, you know, we were talking at the end of season one, like, OK, like I was so with you. And then these last few were just like, yeah, like you said, WTF, like, mm -hmm. what is the snake monster? Um. But yeah, they, they really let it take a back seat in the first few episodes. And even if they were chasing it and trying to figure it out, it wasn't physically present on our screens. And that was a great choice. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's present. There's intrigue. But it's not like we're continually running off into, you know, the forests of the tropic zone to go find it. It's it's here. It's it's kind of caged out of sight out of mind and we can visit it whenever we want to so it's it's in a way still a huge mystery but it's not outrageous right now it's not like crazy things are happening or it's doing crazy things um you know it yeah. seems it seems almost very ordinary right now and i think that that's weirdly yeah. a correct tack to take with it yep yep um, well, father's on the screen right now. Uh, mm -hmm. so might as well, we should talk about because in episode three, we definitely <gasps> dealt with him. So, yeah, Sons I mean, he's <laughs> <laughs> he dies. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. So we have uh, the confrontation with Marcus oh. and um, very, uh, I mean, what are the chances here? He runs into his uh, old followers. 
Yep. Uh, um, but yeah, he uh, Wearing takes the down stupidest accessories I've ever seen. Those energy <laughs> hats were just you know, a hey, lot. you don't want the batteries to wear out and just uh, whatever. Oh so they remind me of you know those like rotating lights at like big openings and stuff that just like you know light up uh, the sky. Okay, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I felt like they were wearing on their heads as they were just like. Wee. Uh, I thought it was like you know rebel something or another from star wars helmets that they wore just needed to be bent a little more i mean they they looked that way for sure but like yeah those like weird energy beams that they kept giving off i was like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a lot right now (laughs) um but But yeah yeah, uh marcus takes him down and we uh it's we're we're again we get again get to see how the how mother's eyes have affected yeah. him i was just gonna say his... can i say cheater cheater pumpkin eater because there's no way without well, guys <laughs> giving him a little extra edge there i mean i don't know if that's cheating exactly he didn't even choose to do it uh I, yeah like, but, but i felt like i mean uh, an android is like a is like a a weapon like a firearm that can think and do its own thing. You know, mm-hmm. it is a, a literally a, a powerful, hard to destroy machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not it definitely not a fair fight. Yeah. So I was surprised. I was surprised the outcome nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And yeah, poor father. He is always always going through it. But he's he's then like really coming to the breaking point. You know, he mm-hmm. gets killed again, comes back. He's he's uh upset that mother is not just gonna get rid of the snake creature Mm -hmm. um feels betrayed yet Mm -hmm. again like i thought we're in this together that we're not you know making decisions together anything like that so he finds his little respite he finds his pet project Mm -hmm. you know and uh i this was surprising but of picking up these things that they've excavated right pieces of this body that he's excavated from around the area and stuff that seem very old i think they dated it i don't remember how old but it was supposedly very old yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i think uh i think this was a good choice too because father father needed his own thing besides you know being the you know quote-unquote weaker of the two in this partnership um and just like getting killed um i mean he's when it comes to the children, I think he's he's clearly the favorite just because he's got um, often a more pleasant and less authoritarian nature than mother, sure. which is, again, mm-hmm. very stereotypical, I think, of, you know, when people think of, like, parents, um, moms often, sure. like, bad cop kind of, you know, no, I told you to go do your chores and whatever. Um but yeah, so I, I, it was good that father is now getting his own thing. And I think his, his thing is turning out to be quite an interesting mystery, especially with regard to, um, you know, the whole atheist versus religious community debate, which we can again, get into later, but mm-hmm. yeah. another yeah. solid choice by the writers. Yeah. And sends him on a quest to get more fuel blood. Life, yes. fuel, fuel blood, fuel, fuel blood. blood. Yeah. Um. So that's interesting. We get a little like battle arena kind of situation. Yeah, a little like a marketplace, fun. but also black market. Like, yeah, you know, uh, Thunderdome 
Yeah. You know, it's like something going on there. And um, uh, so that's kind of fun and unexpected. And then the like sort of pride he feels afterwards, you know, that's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He I mean, he needed some he needed some things that were not, you know, just the family, not just him and mother, you know, him going along with her plans. He needed his own stuff. And this this works for him. Yep. And I have a feeling, obviously, we haven't seen the last of his his pet project, um, but I have a feeling we've probably not seen the last of, you know, Marketplace makeshift Thunderdome either. Sure. Yeah. So what do you think of the, so we have the, the kids being mischievous. They can't decide <laughs> if they're going to tell about uh marcus and the the different things they're finding like what there are real disagreements here i'm surprised how quickly campion is getting theological he's getting you know like he's raised into religion yes he's raised completely atheist um and now he's he's jumping ship in a way here Mm -hmm. and um so we see this dilemma and then of course um Paul get called in by the uh not the collective the uh the yeah what shoot, is it the main AI um yeah it's like the truth or the not the truth you know what I mean? yeah yeah we know what it is but then we're gonna keep bringing it up I can't think I I can't believe we can't think of it maybe we'll come to us at some point here but um the uh, I know. We'll think of it. It'll it'll come to us. The AI that's in charge of the collective. It's, uh, what did you think when Paul gets brought in and he ultimately, you know, lies to Mm -hmm. the computer and, (laughs) uh, and then is rewarded with his mouse? Yeah. How did Um, you read that? So I definitely read it. I was like, there's there's a trap here. I didn't figure out what it was, but I was like, there's no way Paul's getting away with this. You know, there just there just wasn't going to be a way that the computer did The trust. The trust. Oh my god, I was so close with the truth. Dang mm. it. Um so yeah, so I I was very like, I'm not sure how this is going to be a trap, but it's going to be a trap. I I was more for like putting like a tracking chip in mouse as opposed <laughs> yeah. to what actually happened, which yeah. was horrific. Um, yes. But yeah, I to go back to to your kind of point about you know Campion's very easily swayed into like starting to believe. Um, I thought these these two episodes were were again really interesting for the way they chose to depict different humans and the way that they react to their their set of beliefs, whether it be atheistic or religious, being threatened or being challenged. Um, because in some ways, I thought a lot of you know the the kids who'd come from um, I don't I don't remember Mithraic. I think is the rule yeah. is like the group. Okay. The yep. Mithrae kids, they, they, with the exception um, of the girl who had gotten pregnant um, are very yep. like doubling down now that they're in yeah. the collective, they seem to be like doubling down on their religion. 
um, and just like repeating it more than ever, which I think kind of like can show for some people their extremely stubborn nature and their resistance to like, even if this is your community now, like screw that. Like this is what I believe and I need to just like hold on to it even harder. Whereas for Campion, um, you know, he's kind of showing the other side of, you know, I'm really making friends for the first time in a long time. And, and a lot of that exposure is sort of softening me up to, you know, mm. what in, in particular, in what it. Paul believes. Um, I mean, obviously the, the, these past two episodes have shown Campion a few things that seem to hint the possibility of the Mithraic religion and soul being real, you know, they, they, they do sort of lend itself to that. And it's hard now as a fully grown adult to feel like what, what would my child brain be right. influenced by and how, how big a sway would this have? But I, but for me, when I look at it, I really think it comes down to Campion needs people. Campion needs family. He, he mm. had it, he lost it. Um, He's been alone with mother and father, grooming him towards his, you know, sort of big destiny. And he's not feeling real sure about that big destiny. And so he's reaching out for the closest thing he has to companionship. And right now that's Paul. Yeah. So I think there's, there's some influence happening there. Just yeah, the way, I mean, uh, he also, he also bonds with like the AI. Um, yeah. The Android girl. The Android girl. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, is influenced by her as well. Like she still, right. she, even though she isn't like as hardcore as Paul is, um, I think, you know, the, the bond he feels with her and that companionship that he starts to have, you know, just softens him up even more. Yeah. Yeah. I bring up a lot, a lot of points there. Um, I didn't think about the, like needing, um, friends or something like that. And, that's true how people can probably really um, be swayed by, because we're seeing that, the, uh, like you say, we're seeing that the other way with uh, mm -hmm. some of the other kids where they're, they're kicking back against because mm -hmm. now they're in this community. And so right. that's, that's a common thing we see or whatever, where someone's presented with something else or another lifestyle or another viewpoint right. or whatever that, that butts up against their own. and generally all that does is re solidify your own, whereas maybe it shouldn't, it mm -hmm. kind of puts you into self-defense mode and right. it kind of makes you, as you say, double down on, on your present stance. Um, but then it's also realistic to see someone like Campion that is swayed, um, based upon the group, you know, a very mm -hmm. natural human thing to try to blend in and not be the black sheep, to not be the outsider mm -hmm. and to fit in. And so you're right. He's used to having his, his family. Most of that's been gone. Mm -hmm. Parents are more distant or preoccupied with other things. And it's, you know, they're all sent with their tasks now and stuff. So yeah, it's right. a very comforting thing to be searching for, you know, to, to fit in and to belong. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, then the, the logical question or come back to that would be, well, then why doesn't he just, you know, make friends in the collective? And I, I would come back at that with, you know, first, like the collective hasn't exactly been all that friendly. 
I mean, they've been friendly yeah. to mother and the teeniest bit to father, but I feel like they think they're more useful, you know, than, than Campion is. So they haven't really, like, nobody's really reached out to him. And then second of all, mother is pushing Campion to one day lead the collective. And if Campion's not really feeling that or if he's feeling too much yeah. pressure by that, of course he would reject anybody in the collective. So sure. you kind of have like a double whammy there of like, yeah, I don't really want anybody here. So who else does he have? The Mithraic yeah. kids and Paul's Paul's been a friend, you know, yep. when they when they don't exactly talk about their differing belief systems, Paul's been a friend. So Yeah. Yeah, there was one other thing I was gonna say that you'd mentioned that triggered something. You brought up a lot of points there. I mean like I need to take notes. No, no, there are good ones. I just I just uh can't remember where where I was gonna go with it now. But but yeah, it's um it's interesting to see that that uh that relationship and how we switching. And I think that the show is succeeding because things feel, feel genuine. These, these mm -hmm. reactions feel things truthful. Feel yeah. Mm -hmm. And, Oh, that's what I was going to say. The, it, the, it's common to be, you know, to be in religion and, you know, say in here a lot too, is you got to keep the faith. You got to have faith, you know? And so it's, that's a traditionally something looked at as a difficult thing to do. You're in a tough situation and you need to maintain your faith um, in the in the face of adversity or like where things aren't going your way or whatever. Right. But the, the same can be said, I think, and I hadn't really thought of it this way for from an atheistic point of view or something that you're trying to base everything on logic. Because at the same time as where it's difficult to attempt to maintain faith in the face of adversity, it's also tough to maintain uh objectivism or um some sort of logic-based mindset in the face of terror or mm -hmm. uncertainty or unexpected um, events yeah yeah where you know where it becomes very easy to instead fall prey to superstition mm -hmm. so i think that it's both these things in a way require resolve yes. to maintain which I don't know. It's kind of, uh, I just hadn't thought of that, I guess. Yeah. Until you brought it up. So maybe, yeah, like maybe I, I'll realize something more thinking about it that way, but yeah. Sure. Like I said, um, especially, you know, thinking, thinking along those lines, you know, when something unexpected comes up and you, you sort of have to like put your stake down and, and maintain the faith, whatever it may be, um, you know, faith in, in, um, a religious icon or faith in logic. Um, it's really hard to do for a kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, especially because, you know, everything isn't fully formed yet. Um, in Campion, I think just, just has a lot more uncertainty about things, um, you know, than, than someone like Paul does because Paul has, you know, clearly like in these past few episodes, just like absolute, like unshakable, like, this is, you know, soul told me because blah, blah, blah. You know, he has something very concrete that he thinks he can hang his hat on, which is I talk to soul. Yeah. We as the viewer are like, mm, but did you really? But he yeah. has that like moment of revelation for him um, 
where, you know, that sort of steals the deal and Campion just hasn't had that moment of like, yep, this feels right. I think with regard to, you know, like atheism and the collective, but also, also, you know, with regard to the Mithraic either. So he's still, he could go either way. Yeah. No, and that's like, yeah, right. And again, it's, 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 it's just a very, I think, honest, honest take and look. And mm-hmm. like you say, it makes it easier to for, for kids to, but I think adults are plenty susceptible as well. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's very, it, it's very difficult. And I've had it before in real life where you can't really um, refute someone's experience. So if, if Paul experiences something, he experienced it, whether he really did, whether it's what he thinks it is or mm-hmm. whatever, from an outside perspective, you can say that all you want, you know, just as we see how unreliable eyewitness testimony is. I always use that as like, well, right. I don't, I can't obviously directly definitively discredit what you experienced, but consider this. Well, that's hard yes. to do. And uh, to you know, so yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. I think you can always plant seeds of doubt in in anybody, um, and in in, the, in in their experience. But um, you know whether whether those seeds grow into something more can vary person by person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we we can and others in the show have planted seeds in Paul's brain about you know. Was this really like the conversation you had? Was it with soul like X, Y, and Z? But if he's the type of person that that just can hold fast and can hold steady, like, you know, you planted the seeds, but they're not going to grow. You didn't plant them in fertile soil to extend the metaphor. Um, right. Whereas Campion seems, um, you know, uh, much, much more fertile in the sense of he he likes new ideas and he takes to new ideas and they can sometimes, you know, interrupt maybe like more core beliefs that he's had um, and, and make him doubt, you know, whether he's on the right path or not. Um, and, and it's not to say that his, his belief system or his experience is any less than Paul's for not being, you know, absolutely unshakable. It's just he's a different person and this is the way he reacts to events. Mm-hmm. So, and both is, both can be very honest of different kinds of people. Yep. Is this a is this a breakdown of the like problem with not being exposed to a multitude of viewpoints and not understanding why you think what you think? Because we get two groups of kids that are both like this is the thing here mm-hmm. it is and this is what you will believe mm-hmm. and it's not there is no like well let's explore why you might think that mm-hmm. why you should think that so you can come because if you don't understand why you think what you think you can be you can simultaneously be incredibly stubborn because mm-hmm. you've you've emotionally resonated with the thought um or you can be easily emotionally 
swayed to something completely different because you had no core fundamental understanding of or your attachment. Yeah. Right. You know, so there is a person I listen to that says you can, you can never convince someone of, of a new viewpoint when they've worked their worked themselves to that viewpoint by way of emotion and mm -hmm. not logic. You can't, it's just, you, it's not, po it's not possible thing to do. I kind of mm -hmm. butchered that, but that's the, the premise. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think. So it'd be interesting to see where they keep going with this. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think it's, I think it's great that they've sort of reintroduced, um, boy, I cannot remember her name. The pregnant Mithraic girl. Oh Yeah. Um, yeah, they haven't said her name in a while, feels like. I know, I know. But... You know who I mean. Hopefully, mm -hmm. everybody listening knows who I mean. Um, she's the only one that's pregnant, so, you know, easy yeah, to pick out right. of a lineup. Um, but they've they've sort of reintroduced her as, you know, the, one of the, the Mithraic kids who's possibly kind of coming around to an atheist point of view. So I think that it's nice that we're getting that kind of balance to that it's not just like Campion who's questioning his his belief system, you know. I th I think but, it's good that we're we're kind of exploring a lot of different like how how would different events like shake your belief system, yeah. especially one like you were saying that perhaps she really doesn't have a tie to, you know, that she's just been told mm -hmm. over and over like this is the right way, this is what you're going to believe, this is how you were brought up. And it was just like drilled into her brain, but you know, she had this like clear, you know, break, this experience that like broke her from that. And now she's like, dunno, don't know that I'm really believing this or not. You know, she she, she hasn't said definitively, like I'm I'm an atheist now. She's just been received warmly by atheists yeah. who, you know, are are now caring for her both i think in mother and father and in you know the family that's going to take her child so she's got a she's got a an, an opportunity here to decide what she believes yeah but but is she again really deciding what she believes or is it now she's because to me she's come to a point of of decision based solely on emotion most likely you could you could argue that she has been kind of shaken and therefore can see more clearly i'd argue that she has been emotionally destroyed and therefore she could no way believe in what she was taught because the people that she was a part of so dreadfully wronged her mm -hmm. you know that that they would allow someone one of their own who is believed who believed themselves to be hearing soul's voice and everything to go and rape her while she's on the ship so like clearly that would shake you and it makes sense that you would reject vehemently tempest alan thank you tempest yep. thank you so much oh my gosh that's a cool name yeah it is a good name but yeah yeah i mean in the in these in these two last episodes here we don't get like you know, a total rejection. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that she's like very warm towards the atheists and like yes. warm toward assimilating. Um, and I, and I appreciate that she like 
basically is like a cheerleader and a prop up for father being like, hey, don't, don't yeah. worry about it. You right. Like Jennifer Soul's magic medallion. Like you did it for you. Because I think because fa- I outside the show, think father needs that. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I just I just appreciate the like multitude I think of experiences yeah. that we're getting here that like you said seem very realistic um and are very thought provoking. I think this this le- latest kind of three episodes in particular um have just been really thought provoking and really well mm-hmm. done by the writers. Mhm. Yep. Um Okay, so can we move on to four? Episode four? Yeah. I think so. Oh, okay. So I just have to say about like the closing out of three before mm-hmm. we go. So like, do you get a sense that like soul is a being or like soul is the sun? Because I can mm. never like quite figure it out sometimes. You know, when... Marcus is like holding up the snake skin and he's talking about like it absorbing like soul's power and they like right. speak to the sun and like I don't know sometimes I'm like eh. I don't know I don't think it's just I like a, it's, it's a very strange aspect of the religion that I've just never been quite clear on and these last yeah. episodes I was like what is soul I think that the sun represents the power of soul okay it's not actually soul not actually soul it, okay yeah because Sometimes they just I think talk at too... it like it is, and I just, sure. I don't know, I get tripped up, like, what are you doing here? I think they're too advanced to, like, you know, I feel like they can too clearly see. Worship. Yeah, and, like, it's a, you know, it's a it's an energy ball in the sky. There are many of them of varying <laughs> sizes, you know, sure. all that kind of thing, so. It's not like a magic yeah. ball, like, ooh, it's right. angry with yeah. us. Exactly. Um, yeah. Some sometimes it, it like takes me back a little bit, and I just mm-hmm. think such an interesting concept. Yeah. Um, All right. Episode okay, four. episode four. Yeah. So we so Paul gets the mouse. We've had the whole thing where the android girl and Campion are forming a little relationship here. They mm-hmm. help her back to the cave and all stuff. So now we have a warning to Paul from the trust uh, um not really warning him but clearly setting the giving the hints uh as you say planting the seed for uh, what very well the um the trust knows paul's about to do hey we're no worries about um uh what's his face can't think of his name right now it's on the screen marcus, marcus. marcus. <laughs> oh, I, I keep forgetting his name but that yeah, he's gonna be done for soon. We're gonna mount a strike. And mm-hmm. so there we go. What do we do? Um, we must go warn him. And that doesn't work out so well. Yeah. Um not and who's at all. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another girl with them as well. So another uh soul. Oh Mithra. Uh, Mithra. Yes. Another one with terrible yeah. hair. It's a theme. Yes. Ooh, terrible hair all over. You know, yeah, the like weird, like half bowl, half mullet cut, yeah, is mm-hmm. just not great. How would you feel um, to have to like live with that as an actress for like months and months? 
at a time. Uh, God, it's, for some of them, I really hope it's a wig. You know, <laughs> okay. I just, for, for the guy, the guy playing Marcus, it sort of works. Like, especially if you look at him like direct on, you can't see yeah. like, the mullet and back. So like, it, it's kind mm. of okay. Um, mm. But yeah, for this, for this young actress, I do hope it's a wig because it's some, it's some rough haircut. Um, does not <laughs> she's do gonna her tweet at you after this. She How dare is. You? She's gonna come. I at brought me. this this hairstyle to this the show. This was my idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So yeah. Obviously, this mission does not go well at all. Which I mean, like I said, I I had sort of anticipated that the trust putting some sort of tracking device either in Paul or in Mouse or whatever. There's there's no. There's no emotion in the trust, so I didn't think like, boy, he's just given this, you know, Paul back his mouse for free. Um, right. But I was completely shocked at the uh, the use of the mouse as a bioweapon um, to attack the Mithraic. And then, you know, basically this, this computer in his later in dealings with Mother just admitting like, sacrifice I was willing to make, yo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I knew this the second that mother kind of figured that out, there was going to be a showdown between her and the trust. Yeah. So I mean, we get. Eh, firstly, I hate like I don't get bothered by much in terms of gore or something like that, but I hate this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I really it turns my stomach. I don't like the Animal. pustules and bumps and some of that i don't care about the mouse i didn't care about I that did. i had to say i, did. I didn't it was like split open it was a lot it was the, a lot for, for me. me i'm like can we not with the mouse again i mean come on kid i i, <laughs> I get it i guess because you want friends his companions not like there's a ton of animals all over the place that are you know domesticated so whatever but you got your people mouse, look but. at campion trying to be your friend like, I know, right? Yeah. Better than a mouse. But people talk back. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Got that mouth on you. Right. Um Yeah. I yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of, you know, in a way glad that we are done with with Paul's obsession with mouse because unclear if we're even done with Paul. I mean, I doubt mm -hmm. it, but uh this episode was clearly like unresolved. Um you know, Paul's in the direct line of fire when the when the bioweapon explodes and I mean yep. explodes in a in a minor sense. Um but yeah, very unclear whether or not he's going to make it because obviously we know Marcus's like prayer to Saul for healing doesn't work. Um mother eventually shows up to this encampment and takes Paul back, believing that there's an antidote and the trust tells her there isn't. Yeah. Um, you know, so she, she brings Paul to Sue, which I think is going to be a great interaction in the next few episodes, because we don't really get to see much of that in this one. It's, it's just not the focus right now. Um, right. but you know, basically like barges in drops, you know, a barely alive Paul on, on Stu or on Sue's uh, <laughs> medical table. Um, and just like is off to fight the trust to figure out if there's an antidote. Um, so yeah, yep. a lot of yeah, a lot I of mean, great again action moving forward and like great storylines for characters because I was just thinking Sue doesn't really have much going on right now that we can be interested she's in. She's on the mother. She's on the mother, but you know what I mean. Like this yeah. in this episode, she kind of like gets some stuff back. 
but like in the previous one, like we didn't really have anything for her to do, and that was okay. Like she could be back burner for a minute, and now she's got double whammy. She's got figuring out mother's child is going to be the snake thing, and then yeah, healing Paul. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, and then we have you know, uh, Marcus says to his girlfriend, "Make it right." We Ooh. have this terrible like chase you know Ooh. uh she's supposed to to deal with the campion campion saves her and then her you so know she saves like, him I, yep yep uh it's it's a it's a fun relationship but man did they pick the worst way to try to dispatch of this poor android girl Oof. like the little knife uh because firstly i mean i get that it was symbolic her, she's not like dead. boo <laughs> right Yes. Yes. Um, not good. Cause, but I think she'll come, she'll be back too. Cause we've seen the resilience with androids. Right. A campion's got to go get her. It would be my yeah. guess. Yeah. So, and then we're given the hint that she is more than a regular model because mm -hmm. firstly, she mentions something about, I wish I had eyes like, yeah. like mother. And then the glare from her adoptive mother, like, what are you saying? Shut your mouth, you know, like mm -hmm. knows something. And then she presumably her glows to distract the guy from shooting Campion and he gets away and then gives him one more piece of ammunition and like soul appeared before me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was a whole interesting, crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I really hope that that little Android girl comes back too, because I think she's, she's another great, you know, machine that's been infected um, by emotion just with the way that she's been programmed to like be that Marcus's girlfriend's daughter um, right. and sort of like imbued with her consciousness. It's very, she, her character is very interesting to me, the way she sort of like ping pongs around between being android and like taking a direct order um yeah. which she follows but doesn't carry out you know what i mean like she follows can yeah. and she's like a direct order i can't do anything about it and then he saves her and it seems like she can maybe do something about it yeah so very interesting to me yep like she's she's mechanical and manipulative and it's fascinating yeah yeah, so it's one of what you kind of expect a little more from an Android where you're you can't you can't judge them exactly like you know, or that plays on that fear of when are they just gonna resort to their programming? When are they gonna be commanded to kill? Kind of thing, right? But she's getting used to the idea of someone like risking their lives to save her. You know, she's not used to that kind of idea of being treated differently. So that's not like a super original thing but it's it is something we haven't really seen in this show mm -hmm. where an android is responding to the care uh, and uh concerns from a person mm -hmm. um and like yeah. her desires to be a person and to be treated that way and such so right and again like it's interesting to explore that in like the the quote-unquote body of a child you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's there's some really interesting explorations going on with the kids in this show. It's not just the adults. Um, yes. And it's and it's Which fascinating. Is, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating to me to like think about the way that kids develop 
you know, human or machine and how that can kind of get like mixed up depending on their environment. So, yeah, I, it's something I've, I've been appreciating about this season over the first is mm -hmm. I normally really don't like kids in shows and I didn't care much for most of the kids in season one. Mm -hmm. They were definitely the supplementary part side that, yeah, uh, for sure yeah but now I, I am more invested like they feel like they have a little more autonomy they're doing more it it definitely uh i care more about each of them so yeah. and they're showing their personality a little bit more yeah. it's more distinct um yeah uh back to marcus and mother we get that like you say that confrontation mother's marcus is going to win and then campion campion intervenes and she notices that he's got his eyes. Oh, her eyes. So, yes. Damn. I'm so excited about that. I was like, oh, at the same time, it's like I'm enjoying the prophet Marcus that genuinely seems to care and is like, has this thing about him. You know, like he's it's a true believer at this point. And right. it's like, we're going to. So, like, I do feel a reformation there, but mm -hmm. I wonder what's going to happen now because we've seen everybody react to him differently yep uh all of a sudden his girlfriend decima oh, is like yeah yeah it's like i don't feel the literal spark anymore when i kiss you and stuff you know so it's like is this going to affect because did marcus i feel like he wasn't aware that the eyes were doing it it was he's, probably yeah. thinking but, but he's now so aware he's like, now Right now he's like, damn, now it's my, my veins are gone. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to treat me like I'm a normal person again. Mm -hmm. So where does this go? Like, I just really wanted to see the next one. Cause I like, what is this? Is this religion going to fall apart before it even be begins? Or is right. he going to prove himself again in some other way and prove his faith yet? Right, because he, I mean, he hasn't always had mother's eyes and we've seen like other sort of like miracles, quote unquote, that he yep. made happen before that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they can go a lot of different ways with this, you know, kind of returning to those events and seeing what, what can happen there. Or we could have a Marcus who like desperately craves mother's eyes back and right. sets up for a confrontation with her. I hope um, it's not that one personally i mean i feel like some portion of that might be inevitable but i i don't think it has to come about in a very obvious and predictable way do you know what i mean sure. like the show is right. very good at like making events happen that either i see coming but but it comes like you know opposite of the way i expected it to or they you know like you said where they kind of step back and they're like no we're not going to take this road you yep. know like how we were pleasantly surprised with the snake creature yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I think, I think obviously Marcus is going to have to do something because we're already by the end of the episode getting, you know, his followers are like, Ooh, you know, mm -hmm. seems weird. Like you feel different. He seems sort of back to being kind of shady and hiding things, which he is. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how he reverts or doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, the thing you can do, obviously, though, with uh, some sort of religion, faith-based thing, is you can always say it's part of the plan. Right. You know, it's part of Soul's plan. So he said to Mother, yeah, he said to Mother, 
to her. She's like, you know, Saul once told me to spare your life. He's not telling me that now. It can easily be explained away that Saul told me to spare mother's life because he knew I would borrow her powers for yep. a time that will allow me to survive and to begin start my flock and start his you know his parishioners over like because you know it's obviously decimated and this was the way that it's been foretold to to happen here now so right. now my my moment of uh you know um enhancement here is done but we're still playing the role we're still we're right. still following the plan of soul Right. And so if he's can bring himself to be a little more open in that way and still prove devotion mm -hmm. to soul and to his followers, I think he can salvage this, um, mm -hmm. you know, so a little bit of play with the words and, you know, a little more honesty and stuff and think yeah. can still make it work. Part yeah. Of the plan. I mean, I don't, I don't think Marcus is going to like lose people immediately. Um, right. But I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've had this, you know, ascendancy moment. Now we're getting, okay, shit's real because he doesn't have mother's eyes. What's going to happen to this religion? Like what's, what's, mm -hmm. what's coming of its first test here? Mm -hmm. um, and what will come of Marcus's kind of next test? Cause we've obviously seen him be tested. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. So I think, I think there are a lot of different avenues for this to explore. Um, and of course, potentially setting up a conflict between Marcus and mother would be interesting for not only Marcus, but for mother who has like basically ultimate power back again and comes home to just bowl over the collective. And that's obviously not very interesting television for very long. So she she clearly needs to be challenged in some way that isn't just gonna you know what i mean like she she can't just like have her eyes back dominate the collective basically like you know if she wants to install campion as leader have everything go her way so. yes but her so programming her whole desire and everything is to take care of the kids at all costs mm -hmm. take care of her children so you don't have to have a physical threat to yourself to be incredibly threatened because the upheaval and the dis, you know unrest and everything amongst the people can she hold fast in her in her her programming her principles like protect the children protect the atheists you know like there's a there's a hierarchy here but it's still like the it would be very against what she believes to just start annihilating people that oppose her because they're upset unless they directly pose a threat to child the children. So Which, how, how can you maintain some sort of order or structure or something? Right. Is she going to lash out? Because then that's, then are you, you know, are you just worse than the trust? Because right. now you're, Doing the, you know, you're running off of emotion here. And, and like the trust said, you know, we're, I have to, everyone is equal. Mm -hmm. I have to view everyone as a number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think there are a lot of interesting places for the next few episodes to go. I mean, arguably mother is stretching her, you know, directive 
by coming back and challenging the collective and kind of taking everybody out. I mean, they do pose a direct threat to her when she comes back and they're clearly like, oh shit, she has her eyes. Like, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, were they really, does she, how far does she go to, to until she feels like her children are safe? How far does she go um, in, I mean, she basically comes back to enact revenge on the trust for not creating an antidote for one, you know, for Paul and for using like her children, including Campion, like how, how far does she go in, in sense of like, I need to protect the children. Like, does that mean physical threats? Does that mean, you know, perceived threats, potential threats? You know, it's, it's a lot to take in and especially with her kind of showing more emotion now, you know, and showing more, um, tendency to act on that emotion rather than just logic. Well, that's always the problem with the promise of safety that's not uh, self-derived. Because Mm -hmm. it's if it's safety, well, where does that line stop? You know, and so this can be brought into all kinds of things. I mean, it's always a it's the concern with like uh, I remember back in school or whatever. Be okay. Health insurance. Well, if you eat too many cheeseburgers, the you know you count that, and then now your health insurance cost is really high because because it's you know it's going to affect the cost or whatever. So well, if that's right. applying for safety, well, you eat too many cheeseburgers, that's not healthy for you. That's bad for your longevity. Therefore, you can't do it or don't do it. You know, right? And someone that is gonna you know so whatever it is in this, yeah. How far do you want to extend it to what is Preventative good for? Measures, yeah. Right. Yeah. What is good for my children? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say speaking, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of like mother protecting her children and getting revenge, uh, anticlimactic showdown with the trust. I feel like that's not over. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, I mean, did you, well, did you, I was just, do you have s- that sense anyway? I mean, it just felt like real easy. <sighs> And I've just learned not to trust easy, <laughs> especially okay. in a show okay. like this. I, well, I was just, I was going to say that this, this, when she, once she got her eyes back and she was going to the trust, that was some of my, the, my favorite live action television I've seen mm-hmm. in quite a while. Like I was very enthralled. I'm like, I just, the, the, the imagery they created for mother, this like, on a cross kind of thing that's often, you know, the arms on some of that. I, I really dig the effects of the screams. Mm-hmm. I just was like hair raised, like I'm watching Demon Slayer kind of moments. And then mm-hmm. love go- her going up, threatening, and the trust has no choice. It understands her power. Right. Gotta let her in. And then the shot of when the door opens and she's staying there and she's very darkened by shadow and stuff. It's a great shot, great image. Um, so I just, I love, I love the whole thing that, that I just thought that was really a great bit of television. And I, I especially like how they tied it an emotional element to the trust through the leader of the collective, because we've seen since the very first episode of this season, his de- incredible dependency 
his religious mm -hmm. dependency on the trust. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. atheist can't make a decision without his priest, without his savior, whatever. And yep. when it gets shut down, which is an emotional thing for mother to do too. It's like turning off her sibling. Um, and so she's so shocked by her own family. How could you do right. this in, in, in a sense? Like an idolized um, older sibling. Yeah, right. Um, so I thought there's just a lot of great stuff going on. We get the shot at the end when uh, that guy runs in and he's just despondent in front of the trust, lifeless now. He's getting no response. He's trying to call. Um, I thought it was all really good. Yeah, I I agree with you that this was, to me, this everything was well set up. Mm -hmm. Like every everything up until the actual moment of like turning off the trust. I was like, I'm in. This is great. Like this, you know, philosophical barbs and banter um it's it's excellent but she's not just gonna walk in and shut him down and we never hear from the trust again so well she didn't sort of destroy like, she didn't that's, destroy that, that's what i she mean disabled like, yeah right exactly so i was just sort yes. of like there's you know for for a being this intelligent there's no way the trust hasn't thought of this scenario so i'm still I feel like I'm I'm in the the limbo space of waiting for the other shoe to drop in some okay. fashion. The, the trust knows it there's has something loyal else subjects. There. Yeah, it's going to restore there's, operation. Yeah, there's something else there, or or mother's going to you know need the trust at some point or something. There has to be something. I can more see that because because there's no way that we've we've spent this amount of time building up the trust and the idea of the collective relying so much on the trust without it ever reappearing. And, and maybe it's, it's in relation to the snake thing. Yeah, you know, maybe obviously there's still mystery there and the trust seemed to at least know a little bit. Um, you know, maybe mother needs to know more about original champions designs for her, for, Could be. you know, the atheist, something. So. I will be okay if the trust doesn't come back for some reason. But as you say, there are a litany of reasons that could spring up and obviously leaving the door open because otherwise she just would have screamed and destroyed it all. Right, then, exactly. You know, so so I feel like even Mother probably, thinks like at some point. Yeah, like I don't need to, you know, she'll feel confident up. in her ability to be able to right. manage the, you know, she has a body, the trust doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. What if the trust is able to take over a body? So at the very end, we get to see that father's uh, little experiment is coming yes. to life. Oh and my God. One of the like, biggest things in these episodes, we haven't really touched on it yet. Yeah. Like, is this, is this android this ancient ancient android uh species or whatever it is is it's a similar thing to what the little girl android is and that they both glow mm -hmm. um or or what do we have going on here yes um, yeah this was this was fascinating to me both in the sense of like father bonding with a different android 
feeling, mm-hmm. you know, feeling again, I feel like very paternalistic towards this other being um and needing to take care of it. Um and also trying to solve the mystery, kind of putting mm-hmm. himself like sacrificing, you know, putting himself on the line to help this this ancient android I don't know, recover, get better, come to life. Yeah. Um so yeah, this was this was a very fascinating storyline to me and of course we obviously get this whole like, you know, mix up for the kids where they see it glowing and it's like, oh, this is soul. Like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? So this this I I don't I have no idea where this is coming from, where it's going, but I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated yeah. that we're getting to see yet another type of android. Yep. And I can't wait. And it's cool in the sense that, you know, first you're like, okay, this thing is gonna come back. But like a computer, you know, you think about it being artificial, you can reassemble a computer and plug it back in. It can be pretty Mm -hmm. darn old. And if you have Mm -hmm. power for it, there it is. The memory is still there. You know, it's not been. So if we apply that kind of thing here, it can make sense. And I think that father is not going to have a paternal thing. I think it's going to be more of a relationship. And mother's going to take her turn being jealous. Whereas father was very jealous of her for getting pregnant Mm -hmm. without him, not even figuring this was a factor could be a thing. So it triggers something like, like I'm left out. We're the cup, you know, we're a couple, even though we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be, you know, just programmed uh, caretakers. Yeah. 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 Right. So I think now it's going to be where he has a thing. They, get on or something or make some sort of different relationship and it's now becomes a uh, jealousy slash power struggle Mm -hmm. with it's almost a way unintentionally to get back at mother for the perceived betrayal um so i think i think mother trying to like wrangle the the collective here and make that happen is going to be thrown off kilter even more by now I don't know, maybe a maybe an opposing figure that's as powerful as mother. We don't yeah, know. It could be that's the exciting possibility here is we have no idea what this whole like rising, glowing. I mean, it it certainly seems very similar to mother in the in the sense of it hanging in the air in again, like you were saying, this sort of like cross shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it like some sort of early version of, you know, a necromancer that was too too deadly you know they had to yeah. you know somebody had to put it down or something um so yeah there's a whole host of possibilities here um and yeah so i where i was going with like paternalistic i think you know when it was just like a skeleton lying there i think hmm. father was very like i will i will take care of you you know yeah, right. just sort of an extension of his programming um now that yep. it's whatever it is potentially fully restored you know that the relationship can change there because you know father certainly has enough kids to to act that role with um yep and they they intentionally i think leave the shape vague so i'm not sure that it's you know male or female or that we we care if it is they show in the preview they do okay Mm -hmm. i don't remember if i watched the preview or not so okay I'll have to go back. Yeah, because the pre because they always show the preview and then they show behind the scenes stuff. So I always want to oh, see right. that. So yeah. I always like watch through it. Sure. 
But yeah, I mean, there's a there's a multi multitude of possibilities, romantic or platonic, that you know could still draw out mother's jealousy in yeah. father having a new relationship with another android, regardless of whether it's you know the same as like yeah. she she had with their creator. Yeah, I was to say, what is that? What does a romantic relationship look like with androids in real space? You know, right? Yeah, we 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 always get sort of like not quite, you know. Yeah, I mean, mother obviously was with a simulation, um, and and a simulation mm -hmm. of a human, so not another android. Um, yeah, I mean, well, what's the difference and, then? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, who knows? I mean, that could be getting very fine line technical on on what's mm -hmm. human and what isn't and what's machine and what isn't. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, obviously Campion and now this, you know, other android girl is sort of a like, I don't know, maybe. Yep. Mother and father yeah. are like almost, they they seem like partners and they're sort of sometimes like the feelings of romantic love, but not quite. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's I mean, they get jealous and they, they say right. like we're in a partnership and they, they certainly seem to feel like there should be mm -hmm. something more than just like, we're literal like partners um, in this, in this project of raising the kids, but we never actually see that. They just sort of seem to think they should feel it. Yeah, because I think it's it's set up. But they as, never do. <laughs> right. It's it's designed as like, OK, here is we're, we're trying to create the most ideal situation for the rearing of these children. So therefore, we're going to have this man and woman couple to right. help them along with. So you create the image. But I don't think they ever really consider it that way. Until all of a sudden, right, we get, until all of a sudden mother is pregnant and then it like triggers the thing like, oh, the thing we've been kind of just acting or figuring is like now real. Now, now I'm right. feeling it. Now I have you know? stakes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So. So yeah, we're getting a lot of almost scenarios and yeah, this could be really mm -hmm. interesting for like, what could this look like? Yep. All right. Ugh, well, good stuff and good things ahead, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they can stick the landing uh, here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, at least better uh, than last season. <laughs> right. It'll be another one of the things like, oh my God. We, and then, oh, if we just had season three right away, it'd like right, calm right. down and be better. Yeah. <laughs> they could take it back again. <laughs> mm hmm. Um, Raised by Wolves, season two, episode mm -hmm. three and four. Um, um, those are our thoughts. Um, and that's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 96. Make sure that you uh, follow us and subscribe and like and share and all the places, YouTube, Facebook, um, go on Twitter and follow us. Tweet us if you have different opinions or if we missed some uh, important philosophical discussion between uh, our last episode covering um, other ep previous episodes or... Um, or these, whatever, what are, you, what are you looking forward to? That kind of thing. And um, podcast directory, pick your favorite one, leave a review, that'd be much appreciated. Uh, that helps out if you're listening on podcast services. And then 
Killing the Flower. We thank them for our theme song. You can find them on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. So go ahead and check them's a look. And um, I think that'll about do it. We got big movies coming up soon. We were just talking about like Batman and the thing is coming next week. So we're going to have to talk about Ooh. that. Obviously, um, yes. We're trying to get uh, Emily, who was on for our Star Trek episode, back to talk Raised by Wolves, because I know she's watching that this as well. So mm-hmm. all kinds of good stuff coming ahead. But, yes, um, including our 100th episode, which will be upon us yeah. before we know it. Right. Craziness. So, <laughs> um, well, thanks for... Uh, having another philosophical conversation uh, with me, Andrea, and sharing a, a margarita together. Absolutely. And, um, Nothing better on a we'll, Friday night. That's right. We'll uh, see you next week, and thanks, everybody, for joining. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.